Blog Talk Radio. Blog Talk Radio. Good morning. Welcome to Morning Moments with Maya. Conversations of love and laughter. The show where each week, your host, healthcare administrator and certified humour professional, Maya Aziz, invites someone who is out there pushing the positive to join her for a heartfelt and often hilarious coffee conversation about love, laughter, leadership and, well, life. Love and laughter might not cure what ails you, but they sure go a long way to getting you through those tough life moments. So sit back, pour yourself a cup and get ready to laugh and learn today on Morning Moments. Look for the good. It is all around. Yes, it is. The good is all around. And this is Maya coming to you from Montreal on what is finally, I think, a real spring day. It has been a long, long time coming, but uh, you can definitely feel it in the air. And uh, oh my goodness, aren't we ready for some nice weather around here? So today, speaking of good being all around, uh, you know, it's sort of a fitting. A fitting introduction to our topic today, which is that of this notion of forgiveness in the workplace. For although we know, uh, certainly uh, I think listeners, you know that the good is all around, somehow, sometimes we have an awfully hard time remembering that. And we often find ourselves instead choosing to recall, sometimes until infinity, just the negative. And that's not something that's only true in our personal lives. Uh, It happens everywhere. It happens when we're out and about uh, in our neighborhoods. And it is definitely something that happens while we're at work. Our workplaces, no matter what job you do, our workplaces are rife with resentment, unresolved hostility, negative histories that linger endlessly, or just cultures even of insecurity based on people being scared to try things or feeling that there's a lack of transparency or or fear of making a mistake and being called out. So, you know, I, I described to some people that I was going to be doing this show about forgiveness in the workplace, and, and the reactions I was getting were of a little bit of confusion, that it, it was a bit odd to talk about forgiveness uh, in the workplace. But the fact that we have such a hard time letting go, or just forgiving sometimes just ourselves, can have a tremendous impact on our work experience. And for many of us, much of our time is spent at work. Workplace cultures that include the value of forgiveness are linked to having increased productivity, decreased absenteeism, and higher engagement and retention. The stress caused by fear of reprimand or holding on to hostility and resentment is counterproductive to everything that we know about healthy workplaces. And this seems obvious, right? but harder to actually put into action or to correct or to change or to improve. 
I think we've probably all been on both ends of those situations at work where, where something has happened and a colleague or even a supervisor doesn't seem willing to forgive our mistake or let it go. Or sometimes we're on the other side and we're the ones so put out or so hurt that we just can't let go. And it impacts our ability to move forward and to move forward together with the others who are in our workplaces I know I've been there, and I've often wondered, how could this be different? Well, if there's someone out there who understands the importance of improving organizational culture in the workplace, it is my guest today. A former national track champion, Greg Hunter, spent over 25 years on the front lines of healthcare before co-founding Manage Up a fully integrated solution to healthcare administration. ManageUp offers a platform for effective performance and organizational culture management and was born of the recognition that healthcare administrators' challenges related to performance management issues were having an adverse impact on the very cultures that they were trying to improve. Greg, welcome to the show. Well, hello, Maya. Thank you for having me. I'm so glad that you could join me for what is a bit of a, a, bit of a unique conversation that we're going to have today, uh, and yet one that I think really does impact so many of us. But before we get into that, I'm wondering if you can tell us a little bit about how you came, came to be so motivated to work with others, particularly administrators and, and leaders in workplaces, to find other ways of improving their performance and culture management? Well, you know, I, I have uh, worked in the industry for, for 25 years and over 27 different facilities around, around the country. And what I realized that there was a common denominator, and that was the challenges in communicating and collaborating and how that affects workplace culture. So uh, I've, in that challenge and some of the pains that, that, that I've witnessed and experienced, I thought of uh, myself when I played sports. And would it be nice if I was constantly recognized or rewarded for my, my actions and my collaboration? I wondered how would it be in, uh, in track if someone had came in last place and they just quit? And I wondered, well, why do they tend to stay around? Was it something because they're competing against themselves, competing against their own time? Uh, if someone had dropped the baton on a relay, why weren't they kicked off, or why were they why weren't they isolated? Was it because people had a history of their their contribution in the past? And I wondered, well, how would that look if we had a medium at work at the workplace that would would bubble up these attributes, and would it be easier to uh, uh, forgive? I love that parallel. It's so vivid because you're right. I mean, when you describe it that way, it seems so obvious, um, you know, and, and your motivation to see, okay, why can't we transfer this into other realms makes complete sense. Now, you, you, you know, you brought us to this idea of forgiveness, but I think before we get into it, maybe we can make sure that listeners understand what we're talking about. How, how do you actually define forgiveness? What is this kind of abstract thing? 
Well, you know, many times we, we associate forgiveness with a filling. And what I realize is forgiveness isn't a filling, it's an act. So when I say I'm forgiving, it's uh, I'm changing either my present, I'm becoming present, and I'm also changing my mindset. So no different than if I, let's say, the act of working out. I have to be present, and I have to develop a mindset. One can come before the other. It doesn't matter which, but it's going to lead me towards the goal. Feelings, I may not feel like going to the, the gym to go work out, but guess what? Once when I change those, those two states and perform that act, before you know it, I'm now in a state of flow. Now, I, I like how you describe it when you say that it's an act. You make it sound like it really is both a choice that we make, a decision that we make, and one that we have control to make. Is that fair to say? That is true. And what do you mean when you say it's also about being present? Well, present. Being present of, of the uh, uh, interaction, being, being present of what has just happened and uh, taking ownership of my feelings ownership of my uh, spirit, ownership of my, uh, my uh, say, physiology at that moment. And that presence is uh, uh, something that takes practice, but there are three things that I look for. If I had a, a poor interaction, suddenly maybe my physiology, my chest, and I feel contracted. My chest will feel contracted. Maybe the expression of my face is looking frustrated. My body language is sending off the wrong signals. My spirit, I'm looking sad. I'm down. I'm retreating. Instead of asserting myself, not, not being aggressive, but asserting myself to ask a question such as why, what happened, those investigative questions before I, in my mind, move into a state of fear. Mm. You know, I'm sort of thinking about actually visualizing situations that I've experienced or that I've seen when you're talking. Um, It makes complete sense what you're saying in terms of needing to sort of take the time to, as you say, kind of own your feelings and and recognize what's happening in that present moment. It it makes complete sense, but it's not easy to do. Um, And I think for many people, I include myself there, it's, it's a hard thing to do. And and I think in the workplace, sometimes either we really are rushed, we have so many demands, or we think we have so many demands, people are running around that we don't like to take the time to, to be so conscious, do we? No, we don't. We don't. Many times when we, we feel unfairness, we may get busy into uh, the work itself. Uh, but we still tend to carry the seed of, of that injustice. <laughs> which tends to build. It, it, it sure does. I mean, you, you see it all the time. Do you, think, do you think the fact that, you know, many of us sort of feel the need to, you know, put on, you know, what some would refer to as sort of a professional face and, and not show emotion, does that play into this as well in terms of, I don't know, people stuffing down these feelings or trying to ignore them? Oh, it does definitely. Definitely, that's uh, that's common, um, and it and it's a practice. And just the opposite is a practice as well. It's just learning the tools to 
once again, your question about being present, learn your tools to why am I feeling this way? Why, why do I feel contracted? Why, um, what, why am I thinking this in my mind that I've been uh, offended? Or why, are people, why do I believe that people are talking about me or not mm-hmm. speaking to me? Did this just happen? That happened? For what reason? Is it me? That's a common one, eh? People um, thinking that people are talking about them and then sort of har- harboring these feelings, you know, whether it's true or not. Uh, the uh, the office rumor mills and gossip or, or oh, yes. perception of gossip is, it can be horrendous and so toxic. That's correct. That's, that's true. And you, may, you mentioned earlier we spend more time at work than we do sometimes with our own families and friends. And... What an environment to be in when we have that state of mind, living fear. It's horrible. (laughs) It it makes no sense that as human beings we would do that if there's another option. (laughs) Why wouldn't we choose the other option? But but I think it's, you know, part of it, as you say, is something that we're not taking time to really understand. And, you know, how can how can you even forgive if you don't understand what's happened or how it's impacted on you or what this is that perhaps you should be forgiving. And that's where the feelings come in. They serve as a barometer to let us know that something is wrong. Something Mm -hmm. is worth to be investigated. Yeah. As long as we pay, pay attention to them. How true. (laughs) (laughs) So, okay. So, so, so I think we can agree that you know this is something that needs you know should be addressed if, when these situations come up. But you know, as you're, you're you've defined forgiveness as an act, right? It's something that you're you do and you decide you're going to do. Are there things though? Because I think sometimes people feel when situations happen or they feel something's happened to them. And they're really sure that the other person is, has done something incorrect or wrong, and maybe that's true. Well, that forgiving is saying that it was okay that the other person did that. Correct? Uh, no, no, it's not. You know, the, the act begins with with the presence, the mindfulness, and then there's a step of of acknowledging. Now we I'll just acknowledge internally. Now I should acknowledge my feelings and uh, what has happened to the person that I might feel offended by. And that takes courage. Mm-hmm. It truly takes courage. But once when that's done, then maybe it was just a perception, a misunderstanding. There's no history of that person uh, mistreating me uh, uh, or what I've seen actually didn't happen. So it's very important to be able to speak to to what it is that we felt offended by. That that makes sense. So so you have to acknowledge it first for yourself, and then um, to the person who has perhaps you know hurt you um, in in whatever way. And uh, you know I I struck on the word uh, courage that you use because I think you're right. In any of those situations, it takes courage. I think sometimes I wonder, though, when the person that you feel offended by is perhaps a superior, 
there's a whole other level of courage and this sort of added dimension of fear about what's going to happen next, perhaps that impacts on people's ability to take that act. What do you, can you comment on that? Well, no, you're, you're, that's so correct. It's a perception of, of in a hierarchical structure that if my, the person I directly report to, uh, if I felt offended or um, something was unfair, do I withhold that or do I speak up? Um, once again, this is where I have to ask myself, in being, in being President Michael, there's two choices. I can either speak up, and if the person is offend, offended and for some reason, as some people would say, is out to get me, okay, I'd rather know now. But if I have to not know and have it fester in my brain, then what's the outcome of that? I think you touched on it earlier. When we, when we harbor these uh, ill feelings or, you know, the perception, it would literally drive us crazy. I could come home not knowing, and now I'm, it's affecting everyone in my household, friends, family, doesn't matter, because I am not operating at my peak because I'm now worried about what is happening at work? Now, which environment would I rather be in? Execute on this right away by, you know, speaking my opinion and finding the tools to be able to do it appropriately or let it go and not say anything. Either way, the perception is the person's out to get me or something's not right. Hmm. I mean, you make you make the choice sound very very simple, actually. <laughs> that there's, you know, if it's if it's going to sit and fester um, to deal with it, even if the reaction is perhaps not um, a happy happy touchy feely moment, at least you know. You you also said though that there's you know there are tools in or perhaps there's a way of doing it. So. You know, is there a way of sort of acknowledging this to somebody who's perhaps hurt us that might be um, might more productive than others? There are. You know, there, there's word choices that we can use, uh, you know, words that, that, that will not provoke a or uh, uh, inflame uh, someone that, that, that we may feel we, we need to be a little gentle around, you know. Uh, by by approaching someone and saying you, for example, versus expressing your feeling, uh, I, I felt this way based on this decision, versus you treated me wrong. <laughs> you know, how come you gave me this shift? Or uh, <laughs> you, know, uh, you know, which one's going to play out best? And, and there's many resources out there that 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 would help us choose the right right phrases and and. Uh, uh, and other tools that, and mediums that could be used. But, you know, that's a, that's a good start is by just thinking about how we're going to speak. If not, speak to uh, uh, HR and say, hey, this is a situation. I don't mention any names. How can I approach approach uh, my uh, fellow employee, whether it's a manager or horizontal, and, and just receive some, some coaching? That's a great suggestion, actually, sort of asking someone um, some support, whether it's HR or perhaps there's another kind of a person who would play that role in terms of, 
you know, how might I approach? Because it's very emotional, I think, eh? those those moments. It's not always easy to think clearly when you're feeling, you know, hurt or defensive or, or even, you know, angry. I mean, it happens. It's difficult to sometimes think through, okay, how am I actually going to do this in a, in a productive, uh, a productive way? That's right. So let's say, you know, it's interesting that we were talking about how um, sometimes the hierarchy or the perceived hierarchy in a workplace can can impact on people's comfort uh, in sort of speaking up. And yet, I th- you know, sometimes I think it is just a perception and sometimes I think it's real. It's based on a history of perhaps reactions that were not very pleasant. Are there things? as managers or administrators that we can do to create a culture where people feel comfortable saying these kinds of things? There, there are. You know, I feel that constant recognition for, for uh, people, staff, is, is very important, as well as rewards. Constant feedback is, is also important. The challenge, challenge in today's workplace is that we can't be everywhere and can't see between the silos, and it's difficult to acknowledge work. Mm-hmm. I was speaking to someone the other day, for example. Uh, you know, I can be a, a nurse working on a floor, and I just so happen to uh, be in a room managing a, I'm going to use the term, code brown, okay, if you know what I mean. I'm in the room, I'm taking care of a patient, and, and, you know, these things happen. And now I'm on my fifth one. But each time I exit my room, I happen to see another nurse at the nurse's station with her feet up. Now, what am I going to think after the third time I just had this experience and there's someone sitting there with their feet up? But I didn't know that she had 10 code browns mm. because her work isn't seen, you see? So now you have this perception. And... What am I going to do with it? How do I manage that? So it's just that easy. A workplace can 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 uh, can be a seed of dissension, leading to a toxic in work culture. It's really true, uh, you know, and that's a great example because it's often it's often perceptions. It's off, you know, these feelings come often from. Uh, not from facts, uh, but from bits of information or perceptions or things that you've heard. And as you say, there's so much that we don't see. And yet, you know, I don't know if it's just human nature or what it is. We we sometimes uh, jump very quickly to the negative. You know, we jump to these negative assumptions um, kind of alarmingly quickly sometimes. Yes, we do. It, and it's, it's almost a... a um, it's a challenge when we, I like to say, use the term, when we work in the dark. I use the example of track because it was truly transparent. Even though it's an individual sport, we still work together. We saw what, what each other is able to do, and collectively our points affected the outcome. And when I've been involved in, in teams that were very successful. I watched a team, actually was on a team that went from 40 participants, and by the time we were at the high point of our 
of our uh, track championship run, we had about 90 participants on the track team. Not everyone could participate, but they just wanted to be a part of something. That is what the difference of transparency and being able to bubble up where we can see each other's contributions at work, where people can make mistakes, drop the baton, step out of line, but because they have a history of work and we can see their progress, we're out there rooting them on. And that was just a tremendous inspirational moment in my life to see that, that I would love to see in the workplace. For sure, because uh, I mean, I mean, it it grows and it's productive. Uh, it makes sense. It's what everybody it's what everybody wants. Um, you 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 talk about recognizing people's work, um, and I think you even said that you use the term constant uh, recognition and rewards. What does that mean? I mean, how 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 can work be recognized in a way that's meaningful and helpful? Well, the key, the key is, is we want a balanced scorecard. If we sat down and played a board game, you and I, and you saw that I clearly cheated, you're not going to want to play the game. Right? <laughs> and, and unfortunately, that's how the workplace is today. You know, uh, you have people in certain roles. One person's doing more perceptually, doing more than others. Uh, if I'm really good at what I do, maybe the manager is uh, recognizing me more than others. But is that fair? Maybe the others just don't have the resources to have an opportunity to to uh, work at their peak performance. Um, is that distributed evenly? So, you know, it's really complex, particularly in environments where people do work as individuals, work uh, behind the scenes, so to speak, uh, you know, in, in, in realms and silos and petitioned off. Uh, but if we can bring that to the forefront in a balanced way, that's more collaborative, then I feel that it's easier to, to forgive. It's easier not to harbor some of the, the mishaps that tend to, tend to uh, that's natural, that tends to creep in. And, and the byproduct is, is uh, um, you know, dissension among one another. Mm-hmm. Now, I was going to say what you're describing sounds a little bit like sort of leveling the playing field, but uh, that was that was my turn to use sports metaphor. <laughs> <But> <laughs> it'll probably be the only one you'll hear out of my mouth. <laughs> um, but it's actually you're actually talking about um, raising everybody, uh, which is even better uh, when you talk about recognizing people's work. And, and I guess what you're talking about is sort of almost publicly rec- so people see what people have done and um, whether they're thanked or they're rewarded for it, it's sort of a, a, a public recognition. Is that right? It is public, but it also begins with my own recognition. You see, when, when, we, have, when, we, have a, a, when we have the ability to work on ourselves and we can see progress, we all have a little vanity in front of us. Why we check, look in the mirror, right? <laughs> You know, you know, it's a natural human thing, you know. So if I can be recognized and see my own progress and then see each other's progress and we can recognize each other, then now we have, we have what's, what I like to call a championship culture. And a championship culture is contagious. When we watch the Olympics, it's not just the, the, the uh, athletes that are 
that are smiling and jumping up and down, you'll see the whole world around that stadium happy for them. We all have a story. We all have experiences. And when we can, when we can show our contributions, when we, we can tell our stories, uh, we don't need undercover boss. <laughs> you know, <laughs> the show. <laughs> yeah, but, but we're living it every day. It's just that we have to bring it to the surface. You're right, and I and I like that that it's it's um, everyone has an ownership and a responsibility in that. And you're also right that in those teams, um, you know, and now I'm talking workplace teams that work really really well. It's because everybody is striving for success, and um, and and together that becomes really successful. And then, as you've said before. Everyone wants to be a part of that uh, as well. So that's interesting to think that it's not, it's ourselves as well that we need to kind of recognize our own contribution and our own striving uh, for the best, not just waiting for our managers to, to say good job. Well, yes, it, it's contagious. Uh, it, it's contagious to the customers. The customers can feel it in the air. It's mm-hmm. just electric at that point. You know, it's like a crowd roaring outside of a, a stadium. You just have to drive by wondering what's in there, what's going on. You're absolutely right. It's really true. Uh, It's really, really true. And in every workplace, everyone knows the teams that are doing really well. It's obvious. Yeah. It's true. And and, uh, to be, have have the experience to work with some awesome teams in in the workplace, uh, you know, I can never forget the faces, the experiences, uh, you know, the personal stories, you know, around the patients. Um, it, it, it made my day to be in cultures where you wish it can be better. Um, you know, it made my day to try and sometimes it's challenging. You, you have to, have to move on. Um, but when you get a taste of something that, that is working efficiently and, and to its peak, it, it, it's, it's invigorating, you know, just feel your, my, my adrenaline flow. I want to run towards it. That yeah, it's true. I mean, I, I I've had similar experiences, uh, so I know the impact that that can have on you in terms of that becomes kind of your, what you always want when you've had that uh, that kind of experience. Craig, you talked about mistakes um, and sort of this idea of the importance of being able to forgive mistakes, uh, which I think is one that's really interesting, and it's a bit of a, a problem in particular, I would say, in healthcare. I mean, there's a real culture of um, a fear of uh, being sort of found out for making errors, which are, of course, human. Um, but I think the, the culture itself in healthcare sometimes fosters this fear uh, in a not very healthy way. So people are not speaking up when things don't go well. Okay, I mean, let's start with why does that happen first? Uh, it, do you agree that that's something that's sort of fairly common in, in healthcare? It, it, it is something that, that, that occurs. Uh, you know, it's not representative of, of uh, whole institutions. It could be in mm-hmm. silos. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the fear is, uh, it, once again, I use the example, example of contracting. Uh, I try to keep, keep, keep it simple by healthy, unhealthy, fear-based, more open-based, you know, more loving culture uh, that's going to be a little more inclusive. 
but fear-based cultures tend to have, have certain signs. People are afraid to speak up. Um, people are afraid to share, not as collaboratory. Uh, you'll see isolation. Um, there's a, a, a very little ownership. And, uh, you know, there's other, other characteristics in that culture as well. But, yes, it, it, it does exist, and it is very, very uh, challenging to, to turn a tide from fear-based to, to a more open culture. Uh, yeah, I think I think you're right. I mean, I think um, once that's been established, people, it's hard for people to trust that it could be different. Um, that you know, there might it might be okay to actually admit that something has not gone completely as as would have been expected, or to admit a mistake because they don't trust the reaction. Do you have any suggestions, perhaps, for uh, you know a manager who? wanted to try to address that or to change that or to let staff know it was okay to speak up or to acknowledge things that, that go wrong or to acknowledge mistakes? You know, I, I do. Uh, you know, there, there's a, a book I read from, from an author, David Rico, and he had taken what I consider a healthy culture and he made it actionable. He, he says that it's described in these five A's. It's accepting, allowing, appreciating, affection, and the other one will come to me. <laughs> <laughs> it's just lost and it'll come to me. <laughs> so my point is, the thing is, uh, uh, you know, when you appreciate people and you, you actively as a manager or actively as an employee and you allow people to speak up, when we are, are you know, we see this with patients, you know, the affection. You know, when we, we don't have to touch, it, 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 touch uh, uh, physically touch each other employees, but, you know, just, just the little things that we may do. You know, would you like a glass of water, a cup of coffee, whatever it may be, right? These, these are other ways we can touch one another. And, and that is how we can actively change the dynamic. Now, void of that dynamic is the lack of those, of those, of those aids. And that's an example of, uh, of fear. That becomes my barometer. Are people collaborating together? Are they allowing for each other to speak up? Um, and that's how I sort of learned to gauge, gauge, uh, you know, workplace dynamics. It sounds like you're talking about a manager, um, perhaps demonstrating their sort of demonstrating their humanness, really understand that their their employees are human um, in the workplace and that that could be an impetus towards changing that kind of that kind of culture that is correct that, 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 that is correct we have to to take words and make them actionable and through those examples I gave is how a manager can make it actionable now it can be facilitated by means of, of different resources um, sending out uh, memos or ensure that everyone get, receives information. Uh, how many times have we heard, well, no one told me <laughs> it worked, right? <laughs> you know? So how can we ensure that everyone was told? You know, these are techniques as well. Um, and whatever mediums that are out there that can do it more effectively, uh, especially to, to motivate 
individuals to to be rewarded uh, automatically is even better. Yeah, for sure, for sure. I mean, you're really you're really describing sort of the importance of um, you know honest, transparent human workplaces, and you know it's it's sort of ironic and and interesting for me. You know, largely we're talking about healthcare settings, which is perhaps you know some of the most human work of all, right? This is human services, yes. um, and yet sometimes struggles with the humanity in their actual workplace culture. I find that really interesting. <laughs> and I think it's just for that reason. You know, we work with we work with humans. And uh, example example I, I I give is that if this is a challenge of many many leaders and managers, particularly on a, of those that are on a direct intersection of care. For every patient, many of them just love their caregiver. So I liken that to if I was walking down the street and I walked past 30 people and they said to me, you're so awesome, you're so great, you're so wonderful, <laughs> and then suddenly I get a tap on the shoulder from my manager to say, you know, you didn't do this right. Now, <laughs> whoa, how can I not do it right when I just have 30 people who just told me I am above anyone else in the world at this moment, <laughs> right? <laughs> so, yes, it, it is, it is uh, uh, interesting that as us, you know, humans working with humans, uh, we have such challenges, but I think the example I just shared shows the uniqueness of that challenge. And, uh, uh, you know, it, it, it takes a, a, a very mature, emotionally mature manager to kind of understand that concept and work on developing the tools to be able to hold that space for his team or their team, her team. True, true. Um, you know, I've also heard managers say, well, if, you know, if we're too human with our employees, um, I love that, too human. Anyway, <laughs> I've, I've literally heard it from more than one person, um, you know, or if we're too soft or, or even if we're too forgiving, if we forgive things that go wrong, then we're going to lose our credibility we're going to lose our authority, and we're going to lose control. Is that true? It, it is true, and I, and I believe that there, that's a management style that uh, may have been suitable for, for a period of time. Um, right, wrong, and different. Uh, you know, some philosophies and management styles are, well, you know, you have to build in or, or expect some employee turnover, um, you know, uh, uh, you know, and 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 with that with that churn, it, it, it's it's appreciated. Excuse me, it is uh, expected. It's going to occur. Uh, you know, and we just continue to backfill. How I look at it, though, and maybe it's because of my my personal experience. You know, there's periods of my life where I was a single father, and uh, I just couldn't pack up and leave. I was I really was sensitive to a workplace culture, so. You know, my children go to school at the same school, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, and and graduate. You know, each move is a is a financial hit, stress, and etc. on them. And uh, well, what happens there when I'm uh, uh, looking for to be in a place for 
a long time, long period of time, uh, looking at it from myself, but also my children. You know, so there's a sense of unfairness with that, with that, that uh, uh, management style. Um, going back to what you mentioned earlier about leveling the playing field, that gives everyone an ch- opportunity. That allows everyone to, to operate at their peak. That allows that parent that's spending more time with, at work to have energy and the mind and the presence to spend time with their children and their family at home. And, you know, that's uh, uh, having experienced that, that firsthand. It's, well, wow, you know, uh, <laughs> what about this dynamics that, 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 that we can do to lead to a better workplace culture? Mm-hmm. Uh, it makes complete sense. I mean, it's good for the individual. It's good for, you know, everyone on the, on the, on the same field, as you say, and good for the organization uh, as a whole to have that kind of a, a, a human culture. That's correct. So let's say there's someone listening to the show and, you know, you've convinced them, you've convinced them that this is important and they're sort of recognizing as they're listening to us, recognizing that perhaps their team or their institution um, is struggling with, with having this idea or this value of forgiveness and that perhaps people are a little bit fearful and, um, you know, don't speak up. Do you have any sort of last words? Where does somebody start to change that if, if they were motivated to do so? Do you have some last words of advice? You know, I, I like for them to focus on their act. We act on things every day. doesn't matter how we feel, but we act on them. And then now take whatever that deed is. I act on, um, I use the, the example of going to the gym. I act on cooking dinner. Now I'll just say I act on forgiveness. And <laughs> if we practice we practice being present. We practice developing a mindset around these other activities. And think about what's my physiology at that time when I act and I don't feel like making dinner. Do I feel a little tense? Get to know your body. How is my, is my breath shortened? Am I short of breath? And, and uh, then look in the mirror. What's the expression on my face? Am I looking angry? <laughs> you know? Uh, get to know ourselves, and then take action on that act. Think about when we the benefits of when we do work out or exercise, or when we do eat that meal, or whatever it was, and just think the outcome of following that process, but putting forgiveness in front of it and practicing it. That exercise is going to make you stronger, and that's what you'll be contributing into your workplace. I I love how you say that, you know, I wrote it down, actually, as you were talking, you said, I act on forgiveness. And, and I love that as sort of a, a mantra almost. Um, and you're very right. And perhaps you're even, you know, I'm, I'm sure you're even more in tune with sort of the physical signs of when something is not right. But we all feel it. I mean, our bodies are... Um, brilliant little machines that um, speak to us if we'll listen. I think we've all had those 
moments that you're describing where you feel tense and you know something's not right. And as you said earlier, if we can acknowledge whatever that is and then act on forgiveness. Um, you've given me all kinds of food for thought, Greg. I, I feel like tomorrow I'm going to go through my day a little bit differently. <laughs> and those moments where my shoulders get tense, I'm going to think of you and uh, and I'm going to have to let you know how that goes. <laughs> Oh, Unfortunately, yeah, exactly. Unfortunately, we're we're sort of running out of time. But I'm curious, uh, you know, what's coming up next uh, for you, and with all of this work that you're doing related to trying to help organizations uh, move forward. You know, my my challenge my challenge that I wanted to solve after sort of coming to to a high point in my career, and that is to modernize the the communication and collaboration. In, in the workplace by rewarding workers for their for their work, having it bubble up to the bubble up to the surface, with the hopes that that we can uh, have a better workplace culture. And I'm I'm been been very passionate about about this for a very long time. I've experienced many of the pains and challenges of uh, of of I will say of work. Um, in, in environments where they're, you know, uh, constantly changing, uh, uh, multi-level projects and, and processes and tasks. But the only tool that I had to facilitate work were emails, meetings, and, uh, and memos, and maybe a technology product here and there. And uh, when was the last time us managers had a tool to take the burden off of us? So that became my 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 uh, my my I would say my passion. And over the past three and a half years, uh, my team was able to, to develop that, and we are are uh, here in 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 Texas at the moment. Uh, you know, with uh, with quite a bit of interest around us. So we feel that uh, after years of waiting for the right wave to, to arrive, I feel that the industry is. Uh, ready for a solution as ours. So I'm living my dream, which is great, <laughs> you know, inspired by my pain. So <laughs> I'm, I'm the happiest man in the world at the moment. <laughs> That's wonderful. And so, sometimes, you know, having been through those kinds of difficulties is the best inspiration uh, there can be. Uh, if someone wants to learn more about your work or to get in touch with you, what's the best way for them to do that? And I can go to our website. It's uh, Manage Up PRM. That's Personnel and Resource Management or PersonnelResourceManagement.com. And you can reach me there. Read some of our blogs, and uh, I would, would love to hear hear your thoughts. If nonetheless, I would love to hear your thoughts. Perfect. I'm going to make sure that I include uh, your website in the notes for this show. Um, and Greg, I really have to thank you uh, for taking the time to talk about this. And, and I genuinely wish you all the success in the world and in what you're trying to do, because I, I truly believe that healthcare needs you um, to be as healthy as it can be in order to then be able to care for, for the people that it is there to care for. Uh, so I really do wish you success. And I, and I thank you very, very much. You're welcome. And thank you. You take care and have a great rest of the day. Yes. Wish you the same. 
That was Greg Hunter. Remember, if ever you miss an episode of Morning Moments, we are available as a podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, CastBox, or your favorite podcast streaming service. Or you can always stream us directly from our website, www.withloveandlaughter.ca. Until next time, I think perhaps I will leave you with the clever words of another radio host, Bernard Meltzer, who said, when you forgive, you in no way change the past, but you sure do change the future. This is Maya, and I am out. Sunday morning Still got my day job But I feel so free Baby, I go anywhere As long as you'll be there It's just you and me You shine so bright You help me see Your eyes But I feel so free